Greetings, pink oboe lovers, flesh flute enthusiasts, ivory ticklers, violinists with tight G-strings and French horn players. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Maestro Ricardo Allpickle. I'm joined by concertmaster Johannes Astro and mezzo-soprano <laughs> Agnes Joyce. <laughs> that was fucking delightful. <laughs> Wonderful. Very good. Very good. Now, I hope you've done no other work on the show. And no, that... that took me all week. <laughs> you didn't oh, even watch wonderful. the movie, right? <laughs> no, I didn't have time. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's great. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, well, yes, hello, dear listener. Uh, I'm Jonathan Astro. And how are you, AJ? I'm great. You're I'm back. Great. You're back from your, your back. travels. I'm great. Happy to be here. Happy to talk about this film. I'm ready. It's good. It's good. That's what we're gonna do, bitch. Well, you, you told us your your knees got a bit warm in the car yes, last I week, having a laptop on them. Can you explain that, or are you just gonna leave that out there? Yes, no, because you had the laptop uh, burning up, burning your legs. Yes, and week. I was down to like five percent. So I'm much more relaxed. I'm a few wines in, so it's going to be a hell of a night. <laughs> no, but people, look, you know, we're here for the listener and this is a pleasure, but, you know, I'm not going to say it's not stressful. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're here for you, so don't worry. Tonight it's the Music Lovers. It's part of our Ken Russell uh, cycle we're doing, 1971. Uh, this, well, you know what we get like to get out of the way first. I'd just like to know if people have seen this movie. Have either of you seen this movie? Nope. No, never heard of it. Okay, yep. I saw it once at the Astor Theatre in Melbourne uh, on the big screen, as as Ken Russell's films probably should be seen on the on the big screen. That would have been a treat. It was no, it was it was incredible. I, I you know, I, I, if people don't know, there's this Art Deco cinema in Melbourne called the, the Astor, and it's still okay. They they play a lot of old films, but you know, I I, I hate to be that guy who says things were better in the old days but you know a few years ago it was incredible like they just played you know hitchcock movies awesome wells all this old stuff like beautiful and you know it was it's and it was sort of like being in the shining going into that building do you know mm. what i mean like and um it, it was there very was well curated camp. as well because they they would have double features and uh you know weeks of of the same uh, same filmmakers yeah that's right and they played some they played some new stuff as well but but i just have had some of the greatest movie experiences of my life there, like seeing Scarface on the big screen and seeing, yeah, the music lovers, I remember that. Seeing Hamlet, they're one of the only places that had a 70 millimeter print of Hamlet, uh, you know, and they and I, and I watched that and that was incredible. So, you know, that's the Astor and and, and seeing the music lovers, this film was just like a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a cinegasm, mm. you know, like it really just incredible. was, yeah, the sound and vision. So first impressions? Well, I came into it not not knowing sort of anything about it, not expecting completely anything. pure. Yeah, which which often happens with me actually, um, I, I, and I quite like it that way. So it could be bridesmaids, or it could be music lovers. <laughs> yeah, could be white chicks. Could be white chicks. Could be <laughs> you know. um, I don't know, like uh, vertigo. Doesn't matter. Could <laughs> Doesn't be anything. Matter. Yeah, okay. it's good though. I like, I, I like the surprise. Uh, I was struck by how uh, music video esque it was, mm. with some of the, uh, the the very long sequences cut to uh, Tchaikovsky's, you know, classical works, uh, very well synced as well. Like, um, and these sort of these long dream dreamy sequences with with no dialogue, you know, for minutes on end, uh, was quite striking. 
Well, and at least a decade before music video really hit its straps or even was invented because the music videos they had in the 70s were usually people just the bands sitting around playing. Mm. You know, you watch the big bands, doesn't matter who the fuck it is either, they're big and they're just sitting around playing or and you just go, come on, guys. Yeah. You know, you've got a bit of cash. <laughs> like you've been to the movies. It's funny that no, like no, because it's, it's hard for us to see that, you know, because Michael Mann, Miami Vice, we think of MTV and all of this, you know, it's sort of in our blood and bones. And so seeing, you know, people in the 70s not putting it together, like they're like, oh, you know, I've got an idea. Let's let's film us playing the music. And then you go, i got an idea. How about you <laughs> film you doing better stuff and then we'll put your fucking music over it. And they're like, yeah, well, what would that be? It's like a, a video, music <laughs> well, video. To defend them a little bit here, that there probably wasn't that much point in doing it because... There was no TV. Th- there was no TV, yeah. Oh, well, there, what... there, there was TV. <laughs> there wasn't... There wasn't uh, you, you went with me on that, though. No, there wasn't, there wasn't video, but there, yeah. was, um, mm. there was TV. But then again, yeah. that's how, well, maybe not enough channels. Yeah. Oh, mm. man, I feel so ignorant. I don't know anything <laughs> about anything. Don't listen to me. From the director of Women in Love, Ken Russell's new film, The Music Lovers. One man wrote the most passionate music the world would ever hear. Tchaikovsky. All the love, romance, and ecstasy denied him in his life will live forever in his music. Ken Russell's film, The Music Lovers. A lyrical, visual, sensual motion picture that examines in a unique way the love, the suffering, the hope, and despair of a brilliant and pathetic man. Richard Chamberlain, Glenda Jackson, Ken Russell's film, The Music Lovers. Okay, all right. So I'll tell you what this film's about. Okay, stay with me. I've got. I actually yeah. was. I was interested in this this synopsis here because uh, I actually spent a little bit more time figuring out what the fucking story was because you know there's a lot going on okay the story takes place in the rough and ready 19th century and we follow the exploits of struggling composer Piotr or peter can i just say peter yeah do it or poeta poeta uh struggling (laughs) struggling composer peter Ilyich tchaikovsky played by richard chamberlain as he tries to juggle the torments of creating his incredible music and the wants and needs of his lovers and friends and there is also the childhood trauma of watching his mother perish from cholera. Uh, we meet the music lovers of the title at a small concert Peter holds at his conservatoire. There's Sasha Tchaikovsky, that's his sister, so that's Peter's sister, who dreams of frolicking in an idyllic rural setting with Peter and her daughter. I think it's her daughter that I see in those images. <laughs> I'm not too sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, next up, one of the next music lover is uh, Madame uh, Nadetsa von Meck, dr- uh, dressed all in black. She watches on from the stalls and she's moved to her core by Peter's music. Uh, then there's Nina 
played by Glenda Jackson, who breaks the trend by fantasizing about another man during the performance. So she's dreaming while uh, Peter's playing his music. She's dreaming of a, a drunken Russian soldier that she's in lust with. Uh, there's also uh, Peter's brother, Modest Tchaikovsky, who kind of just wants his brother to be famous and is rather concerned that Peter's nocturnal activities in Moscow uh, will be discovered and his reputation destroyed. For you see, Peter is having endless bum fun with the fair-haired <laughs> Count Chilovsky. Is that a technical term, bum fun? <laughs> yeah, I think it's what they called it back then. Um, so, Ma- Madame uh, Nadezta, I don't know, Von Meck, Madame Von Meck, I'll say, loves his music so much she arranges with the director of the conservatoire for Peter to be given an allowance so she so he can focus on creation solely. But she also says that she never wants to meet him in person, okay? Meanwhile, Nina, that's Glenda Jackson, slides into Peter's DMs, <laughs> sending him a heartfelt letter that mirrors Peter's work. Uh, that something that happens in one of the operas I think he's written. Now, he falls hard for this woman but de- and, and demands to see her in person finally after a few letters. And you know, uh, well, basically, he needs to see her in case she's, you know, a bit of a dog. <laughs> so just, you know, I mean, you, you know, you get it, Ricky. So, uh, <laughs> so Count Chilovsky uh, wants Peter to accept who he is. That's his his homosexual lover. He says, "I want, I just Peter, I want you to accept who you are." Uh, but Peter sends him on his way, and he finally meets Nina, and they quickly marry. They have a honeymoon in St. Petersburg, which hits his sister, Sasha, and his benefactor really hard because obviously there's another woman in his life. Speaking of hard, uh, the wedding night's a bit of a flop. Uh, With Peter unable to hold up his end of the bargain, Peter asks Nina to be patient while he wrestles with his demons. Uh, he does try and work up the courage to nail her, but 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 it just won't take. And and the very thought of plunging into her womanhood fills him with disgust and nearly drives him mad. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter takes a long sabbatical away from his wife. Uh, it was doctor ordered, actually. He's like, he's you know, get away from that pussy, just, just get away, get away. And so he does. He goes to the country to write his music uh, as a guest of uh, Madame von Meck, his patron. Peter begins to work fiendishly, dedicating all his new works to uh, the madam. Uh, meanwhile, Nina, all, uh, back in uh, the city, is although comfortable, is starting to drift into the arena of the unwell, uh, starting to an affair to make Peter jealous and dreaming of when he mo- wrote music for her. Uh, uh, while Madame, uh, Madame Von Meck throws Peter a massive party, poor Nina is being pimped out by her mother to random dudes. Uh, but the spell is finally broken one day, and this is after that 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 party, a spectacular party. One day, Madame uh, von Meck leaves her manor and stops Peter's allowance. It seems that their uh, her patronage is over. He doesn't take it well, but shortly after, he becomes super famous and rich, and so it's not all bad, except for Nina, who is <laughs> who is now. <laughs> Who is now in a madhouse, literally getting diddled by old disgustos. <laughs> and loving it. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> loving it. Every goddamn second of it. Uh, after his final symphony, the tortured Peter, as if realizing what he's done to Nina, uh, among other things, drinks tainted water on purpose, dying of cholera, as his mother did all those years ago. That's the music lovers. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 asylum scene is like something from Dante's Inferno. You know, it was it's like one of the levels of hell. You know, so 
uh, so there's a scene in the film when uh, Nina has, you know, she she essentially has gone gone what they used to say. She's just gone mad. She's a mentalist. All right. Anyway, she's in this. So the madhouse itself is quite amazing. So it's just this sprawling, like concrete. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Compound with with mm. bars everywhere, yeah. like with with grates on the ground and and in the wall, and it just looks like like only something that I just you would see in the grimmest parts of of Europe, where you just go, Jesus, what was that building? Was that just Dracula's castle or something? You know. <laughs> so so they filmed it there, and so there's mentalists deep into the background mm. and everything, and and going for it in a way that yeah. I mean. As they say, you know, you never go full retard, but they, (laughs) she did did, and everyone else did. So everyone's going for it. Like, like just, 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 I don't know, half shaved heads, bald caps, tongues out, no teeth. And then, so then uh, uh, Nina's rich mother, uh, well, she's now become rich off Peter's money. She comes to see Nina and Nina is now going crazy. And she's saying, oh, I've got so many lovers, mother. And she sits down on this great and it pans down and there's just this, uh, uh, I don't know, a huddle of disgusting, <laughs> decrepit old men. Filthy old men. Reaching and if you listen to her. the sound, you listen oh, to the sound, yes. sucking sounds, yes. licking. It was amazing. And what does she do? She picks up her dress and puts it over the grate <laughs> yeah. and just luxuriates. Yeah. You know. So many lovers. So yeah. many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> yes. That's good. Yes. So many. He's truly famous now, Nina. His music is played everywhere, all over the world. And he conducts it himself, too. Just think of that. He's never loved another woman, has he, Mother? (laughs) No one else but I. But I have so many lovers, so many lovers, so many, so many, so many, so many. <laughs> see how many lovers, mother, see how many, how many, how many. <laughs> how many? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Don't. Nina. Probably my favorite part of the movie. Me too. Not, not surprising. <laughs> but you know it builds up to it though, doesn't it? It, it does. Yes, but, I don't know. Did we have to wait almost two hours for it? Like <laughs> You know, bring that shit in a bit earlier. You know, give me what I want. Yeah, well, um, I think this, yeah, I don't know. But like, it, it, you're right, it did lead up. Like he was repulsed by her on the train. <laughs> oh, my God, that away. train. Why is the train so bumpy? Were trains <laughs> like that back in the day? It's like they're riding on a stagecoach like a over the Rocky cap. Mountains or something. All right, do I have to say this again? It's not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, I think this is how I was going to plan on living my life from now on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. 
So it is, the, but yeah, so that that scene, yeah, they're in the carriage and he's trying to give it that one last go. They're drinking, yeah. and he is so repulsed by the naked <laughs> Nina in the scene because there's there are these low ominous brass chords when the camera cuts to a shot of her bush. Yes, <laughs> 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 and he's like this. Yeah, he's. Oh my god! Further away from like a Vincent Price sort of like I'm a like seeing a yeah seeing a ghost or something. Yeah. Yes. No. He's he's not he's not into it. No. <laughs> he's just not into it. Uh, are are homosexual men really that repulsed by the female form? I wonder. I think so. I yeah, thought well, Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Does it work the other way? Like hetero guys, if they see naked dudes, the, like now the gay guys I know, um, they all seem to like bosoms. They yeah, bosoms a lot of great. guys are really? into boobs. Yep. Yeah, they like bosoms, yeah. uh, but then when it comes to um, Virgin, no, it's not on. It's not on their their to do list. No. So you know, so it's a just different different deal completely. But then again, if you believe what they're saying now, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So maybe we just pull back a sec. Let's keep this go big before we go small, so to speak. Uh, I know data on how well this film did, but I know it did well. So the, the, it cost two million dollars. I don't know how much it made, but it was it was a success, and he continued on. I think I think a testament to how successful it was is that he made this is one of three films he made that came out in the same year. Oh wow! Hmm. So in the same year, he did uh, the Music Lovers, did the Devils, which is coming up soon, and uh, the Boyfriend, which was an an old style musical. So a trifecta of just bang, 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 you know. So tireless. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I wasn't aware of, of how successful it was financially, but tell you what, we're going to get to reviews a bit later on. Everybody fucking hates this movie. Yes. Every review I've read of this movie, they hate it. All right. Well, see, that's I just don't understand. I mean, this happens consistently. If you listen to the show for a while, like every time, well, not every time, but when when, when it's a, a divisive film like this, like I, I happen to think that this – I mean, they, they they're, they're probably contemporary letters, so uh, contemporary reviews. So they come from the, the back in the day, and yeah. Possibly, and you always got to remember that that's a completely different context. So yeah. The, so you got to ask yourself, what does a 1971 reviewer think cinema is, who it's for, and what's good and what's not? And they don't have that the, everything they're seeing is on the big screen. Mm. They don't. They don't have video. They don't have DVD. They don't. These are all in the past now. But they don't have streaming. They don't have small screens. So it's a, just a completely different thing they're engaging with, and they think it's something different. So uh, you know, I always try and keep that in mind. But for, by the same token, I happen to think that what this movie is is cinema, real cinema. 
Well, yeah. I think it, the problem was was that they got hung up on like he's a real guy. Oh, yes. Good point. Mm. That's true. So yeah. it's it's the fact that it's a bio biopic and it's not. He's just taken what he wanted to and ran with it. Yeah, well, they definitely didn't appreciate the way Tchaikovsky was was painted mm. in, in the film. But it's interesting what you were saying about, uh, you know, reviewers of the time. I, I think it's an interesting parallel. In the actual movie, like Tchaikovsky's, um, it's like the head of the conservatoire where, mm. where, where he's working, just hates his music and and thinks it's awful. And, you know, that's that's a story you hear you know, often through history, no matter what era it is, you know, whatever, mm. whatever the, you know, it could be the Beatles, it could be mm. Elvis, you know, it could yes. be Chuck, it could be Debussy, it could be, you know, for all different eras, there are always those sticklers out there that just don't get it. They just yeah. don't get it in the beginning. Actually, that seems amazing. In general. No, but that seems yeah. amazing because they suck us in with this incredible performance, and we we look at it from the perspective of someone of people who who are sort of, you know, I mean. It doesn't matter who you are. You're brought up to 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 know in your in your heart of hearts that this man's a genius. Yeah. yeah. So so then when he and he and he gives it 100. percent And then it, then straight after, the guy comes up and says, you know, and makes fun of it. Yeah. He says, plays a bit of it on the piano, yeah. and then he's like, I don't even yes. know why you bother writing this stuff down. And he says, it's and... not like you're famous. You know, mm. it's not like everything you do is any good. And so that's shocking because and 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 maybe that's what we we like to see. Yeah. There, you know. Rubenstein will want to talk to Peter. Bobby, come along. I really can't see why you bothered to write it. Or perhaps one or two pages are worth saving, but the rest might just as easily be destroyed. Well, it's not as if you were famous. Not everything you write need be thought to have value. You are paid as professor of composition, but what sort of work is this? trivial it's bad vulgar woman stuff i'm sorry it cannot have a public performance until it's completely rewritten i'm not altogether surprised you know a man who's as careless about his private behavior as you are is hardly likely to be much more scrupulous in his work you're in danger of falling apart my boy and your music shows it it's the best thing i have ever written I will not change one single note. Well, that scene's amazing. I mean, you get to see him perform pretty much the you know a large portion of the first piano concerto. It was know. incredible. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, it, the cherry on top for the scene. So he performs this concerto. It's actually where we meet, as I said in the synopsis, we meet the music lovers. Mm. So we mm. meet. Yeah. All of the people in his life, and so if you're having trouble understanding this movie, that is the scene. Pay attention to that scene. Pay attention to everyone in that scene. And there's this great Brian De Palma. Well, actually, this, pre, this is the same era, but I've got no other way to describe it. This sort of Brian De Palma-like intro of all four characters because we get these matching zooms on the faces of everyone with yeah. Tchaikovsky in the middle. And in each of those shots, he it pushes past him so you're aware of geo, uh, ge geographically where they are and it pushes past like him onto Nina or onto Sasha or onto, uh, you know, uh, the, his patron in the in the stalls. I just think that that's bravura filmmaking. I mean, let alone all the – think about how uh, the 3D chess he's playing in that scene. So you've got, so you've got the music, but then you've got 
like he, he, you've got Peter playing his uh, playing the concerto. We introduce those characters. We also introduce uh, his boyfriend, uh, Count uh, Chilovsky. Uh, excuse my Russian, uh, and uh, and uh, and then um, we also get a couple of fantasy sequences from some of those people. So it's not like it just cuts to their face and that's it. In at least two occasions, in Nina's case and Sasha's case, we get fantasy sequences, uh, lengthy fantasy sequences. Yeah, like said, European like, vacation. Oh. Think the Griswolds. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like. <European vacation. laughs> so yes great scene great scene so a couple of big things i just random stuff um i just had this one thought when i thought of sasha and this is his sister and him is incest best (laughs) or is it or is it not in this case i think so I think it might be because she has serious hot pants for him yeah. in a way that's it's not appropriate. No, I was a bit confused, actually. But that's, yeah. He that's went to boarding school early when, when he was still in primary school, one of those, you know, those deals where they go really early like like some kids in Britain do. So maybe that's got something to do with it. Like if you hadn't seen your brother since he was mm. a little kid and then all of a sudden it's this like, this this grown grown man like would that be different like hmm. I don't know AJ you, you don't seem convinced <laughs> I don't know um yeah I don't know I don't know I'll leave that with you, leave that with you. <laughs> so that's what that was just one of those things where you go oh okay and um but also the fearlessness to just to do that to to just to just sort of have her like because you've got to direct her she doesn't say you know, I've got secret feelings for my brother. She mm. never says it. No. It's all in direction. It's all in acting and directing. So she, Ken is obviously going up to her and just saying, yeah, so, you know, just you, you kind into of. You're it. You're into it. You want it. And he, she goes, I want to watch. And he goes, you know, you want it. You want it. Whatever it is, he's got it. You want it. And then she, and she goes, what? And he goes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now go. Action. <laughs> Action. Uh, <laughs> So I thought that was that was one thing that stuck with me. Um, so the boyfriend, uh, Count Chalovsky, why? Uh, <laughs> I actually think this movie is trailblazing in in many respects. We'll get to that later. But on another level, why are gay guys always portrayed this way in these these seventies movies? Like it's is he's, he's he's thin, like <laughs> the most Aryan like looking guy, like his hair and. And he's just like he's a bit fabulous, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like this was this was. Is it because I I just can't I I mean because obviously this would have been um you know because there weren't a lot of people I I don't think there were a lot of people that were out in nineteen seventy one no. right so it feels like it's a showbiz thing maybe mm. maybe when you're in showbiz like you know th- this was the sort of gay guy you knew like you didn't know a gay banker. Right, so so you think this is this is the only experience that that say Ken Russell and the filmmakers, whatever the writers have had of gay people is this yes. over the top flamboyant. I do. 
gay I do. thing. Yeah. I'll go that. I'll go as far as, you know, and I don't think that's, you know, people can, you know, send your hate mail to, you know, uh, <laughs> Ricky, our Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ricky, not me to Ricky. Yeah. So, I mean, again, but I, I think, I think it makes sense because, you know, I always think about that, that awesome song by Rod Stewart, uh, The Killing of Georgie, uh, parts one and two, which is like, you know, from the seventies and it's about, you know, um, this guy, he knew he was gay who gets, you know, it's a, one of those uh, narrative songs where it tells yeah. a whole story, but he gets, he gets, a guy gets beaten up and killed, uh, based gay bashed what we used to call in the nineties. There was a word. So the, the word is gone, This, which is good. It doesn't exist anymore. But in the nineties, that was a thing mm. getting, getting gay bashed. So anyway, that's what happened to Georgie. And, but, but, but the fact that Rod Stewart wrote that at, at that time led me to believe that like, Oh well, like if you, it's more likely that if you were in showbiz, if in the theatre or in film or entertainment, you are absolutely going to encounter more, more gay men. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Like I mean, like you know, I don't, is that controversial? No. I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. Well, there's a lot of gay, yeah, no. lot of gay dudes in the arts. Yeah. Absolutely, and and I get it. So, um, but but so I just wondered why went. So then when we get Mr. Humphreys, and we get from Are You Being Served, and we get mm. this. You know, like what about the Carry On films? Well, oh, Muggins. <laughs> <laughs> we get, we oh. get, yeah, we, we get. Oh, yes, oh yes, <laughs> we get. Um, Kenneth, oh, Kenneth Williams, yeah, Kenneth Williams. <laughs> yes, we will. So Kenneth Williams, like, like, like this sort of like um, archetype of the of the of the gay man. It's not like it's it's not. I think um, you know the the PayPal guy Peter Thiel is not. In this movie, like like a gay sort of fiscal conservative, yeah, yeah, you know, he's not a music lover. He he is not into it in that way. <laughs> anyway, that's what I thought about that. <laughs> can can a woman rape a man? Well, she gave it a good crack. <laughs> yeah, she did indeed. People say you can. I, I've done a little bit of research on this actually. Oh. Tell me more. There, there is a, a, a Wikipedia entry, Rape of Males. Oh, yes. And um, <clears throat> there's a whole section devoted to female on male rape. Right. Which they say is under-research compared to other forms of sexual violence. Um, they say statistics vary. Uh, one study, study found that 23.4% of women and 10.5% of men reported they were raped while 6.6 of women and 10.5% of men reported they were victims of attempted rape. That's by women, I should say here. Okay. Um, uh, the CDC found that uh, one in 17 men, that's 5.9%, reported being made to penetrate at some point in their lives. Made to penetrate. Made to penetrate. Yeah, mm. That's um, it's a sentence I thought I'd never read. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I mean, meditate on that. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because it goes on to to talk about how it it doesn't take much to give a guy wood. So <laughs> is that is that in the CDC report or? Uh, it, it's in Wikipedia. Oh, okay. So they don't, do you they don't have a the Wikipedia page? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have like one of those graphs, and then on one axis it says, you know. Um, Titties, titties, what we shown a guy, and then on the bottom it says bonus, bonus, what he had. Yeah, yeah. As you can see, the uh, upward, the upward progression. Uh, so okay, there you go. It's possible. Yeah, look, it's possible. Yeah, well, yeah, it's all, it's 
it's have you guys I'm ever sure. had people be a bit too handsy? Oh, but handsy's different than than you know someone forcing you to penetrate them. <laughs> like yeah, handsy is you just go oh that's that was inconvenient, you know like. <laughs> I mean, some of this other stuff. I don't know. Well, it's actually interesting that uh, they talk about sexual assault in jail, and apparently, shitloads of of guys in in male prisons get raped by female prison guards. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So, thought that was interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. And also, uh, it also they, they talk about a few uh, widely publicised cases of female or male statutory rape, but there have been cases where underage male victims of statutory rape were ordered by a judge to pay child support after the women became pregnant. Oh, wow. What a minefield. Yeah. So, I want to get that young seed. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's that whole South Park episode about how um, one of the female primary school teachers is like diddling, uh, I think it's Kyle's younger brother, who's only like <laughs> four oh, or something yeah. or five. And, yes. and, and Kyle's outraged. Ike. He's telling, yeah. yeah, Ike, he's telling all the parents, like all the, all the dads and stuff, like what's going on. And they're all like, yeah, high five. And they're like, oh, I wish I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it takes South Park to say what we're all thinking, doesn't it? Like they, they're just, you yeah, know, yeah. They, they're lampooning, but, you know, saying it, saying it. <laughs> so does the, you know, t- tell us about, does the music, what's your read on the music? I love the music. Like um, it got me, uh, it got me jazzed about checking out more. Tchaikovsky, you know. I mean, I know proof, proof of concept. I, I you know, I, I've I know all the stuff like the eighteen twelve overture, Swan Lake, mm. all that, the Nutcracker. I mean, it's famous, famous stuff. But um, to actually sit down and really check it out uh, is something I need to do. I think. And um, do you agree with you know? Because I think I'm I'm guessing people, t- you know, some people uh, traditionalists would would be you know, deeply offended by what's accompanying uh, the music. Uh, so. Do you, you know, what did you think of the the the, the visuals that often went with the music? Um, well, I liked it. I I, I don't know what um, a pig man. Well, I am a pig man, so you know, one of those. I, I like it all under the grids. But... <laughs> you're one of... <laughs> a madhouse man. Yeah, I don't know. Say. It's it's hard to know what um what 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 you know diehard Tchaikovsky fans would think. Mm. of that you know but um you know i mean he he was a composer in the romantic period so he had no chill no what well, what i'm saying is that the romantic era um you know it composers started to create music that was individualistic and emotional and dramatic and often uh, programmatic as well so um it, 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 they, you know the the composers were often inspired to uh, write music that that sought to evoke non-musical uh, stimuli such as nature or literature or poetry or supernatural elements, um, and, and it started moving away from traditional compositional forms. So, you know, if it's all about creating uh, stories and 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 fantasies and moods, like it, it's sort of keeping in with that philosophy at least. Um, 
That's, but, but what do you think? But, but, no, but what do you think of the years? Like, there's the year zero crowd out there, like the people who say, "Yeah, but is he any good?" Yeah, but like, aren't we just hanging on to Tchaikovsky because you know because they're telling you to? Well, no, well, there there is there is definitely a crowd of people that um, you know, like you find in 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 literature as well that are that are saying, you know, it's just old dead white white men. You know, mm. we're just playing old dead white men music, and you know, we should be. We should be listening to more female classical composers and and classical composers of different races and and that sort of thing. But you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure Russia back in 1840 was was a pretty white place, you know. So, right. as, as was most of Europe. So, mm. so you can't really you can't really say that people of color were sort of pushed out of the classical tradition because there weren't really that many people of color in Europe. So, look, just before you go any further. Just to just, I just want to let everyone know that I stand with Ukraine, uh, probably more than you guys do. And um, so I don't know what Ricky's saying. He's saying some mad shit. And, so you've uh, uploaded the flag as your profile. Pic. I just, I just Is want you guys to know, um, you know, yeah. I don't, I, I don't like bigotry. You've tattooed on your dick. I'm, I'm not against. I, I, I don't want bigotry. Okay, and you were just going off on a whole thing there, and I just want to, yeah. I, well, but I do like bigotry against Russian people. I think we should ban. All of their stuff, all their music, all their literature, all their people, and, you know, all their children. tennis players from Wimbledon. <laughs> all the tennis people, fuck them, fuck you. You think you think you can, you know, just play a sport? Yeah. Well, fuck you. After you've you invaded a country, wow, that you probably you know? haven't even lived in for a while because you're on the tennis circuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sure, you know, like I mean, you know, we'll get to that later. So <laughs> anyway, you can go on, go on. So so I just think that's that's you know because obviously, and this is good that we're talking about classical music because yeah. that's what this movie's meant to do, right? Mm. And I think it would have done that back mm. then, and it does get you jazzed up about about the music. Definitely. And so, but I'm I'm just fascinated always by that by this group of people that uh, I look to. It's it's an impossible argument because they they believe these sort of it's the decolonized crowd. And yeah. The, the other, the year zero crowd, they, they just say, you know, because they're, they're obsessed with identity, they don't believe in aesthetics. And so their argument is when you say, well, look, you know, we wouldn't be hanging on to, what is it, the 1812 uh, overture. Uh, overture if it wasn't any good. Do you know what I mean? Like if it wasn't any good, we wouldn't keep programming it and people wouldn't be leaping out of their seats loving it. Mm, and, yeah. they'd say, and they would say, and, and, and you'd say on aesthetic grounds, you'd say it's, it's, it's composition, um, in in ways that we can't even put into words, it's amazing. Mm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like like it, it, it along with a lot of uh, great uh, canonical art is it's amazing, which isn't to say that art that great art doesn't come from all around the globe as it as it does. And it also just as a, as, as a side note, you mentioned it like the, before the way that 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 you know Russians wouldn't think they're part of the West at all. Mm. Like they would they wouldn't yeah. think. They would. They've got their own history, their own uh, culture, their own way of looking at things, their own artists, their own. They're vastly different in you know, just like any culture. And so, the, what this the 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 decolonized crowd try and do is just go, oh yeah, but you know, you know, but you, you're all a bit white. And you go, well, I, I guess it's a bit. Don't you think that's a little <laughs> yeah. bit simple? And they're like, yeah, but you know, like I'm con- I'm just convinced. Like you just say that aesthetic stuff. That's just an excuse. That's an excuse so you can keep you know the white people in power. And you say it's really not. It's I'm sorry to say I don't know why. I'll just finish this point by saying I don't know why we have to let these people get away with not having to explain why something's not amazing. 
Yeah. Like, like why isn't the burden on them to eloquently explain without talking about the composer or the, or the, the immutable characteristics of the composer, explain why this music is no good? Mm. Just isn't. They couldn't do it. Just no. Well, well, that's, that's, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, we're just not. It's just not. <laughs> well, you know? I think I honestly think a lot of those people, um, they they don't see uh, that the work of Tchaikovsky is any different from, let's say, you know, a piece written by some urban uh, person of colour from Brooklyn who's written a piece for orchestra. That I don't, I honestly don't think they see a difference between that and Tchaikovsky. And there is a big difference because, you know, some of these classical music masters, like we should be, we should be thanking, uh, thanking our lucky stars that, that they were even born and, and 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 gave us this amazing work and this amazing talent, and they should just shut the fuck up and listen. And, the, listen and to there's it, how you know? many of them? There's fuck all. Like yeah. there's a handful. Yes, <laughs> of of great masters. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there would have been how many Salieri's yeah. for every. Oh, for know. sure. Yeah, and. The interesting thing is that that even in Tchaikovsky's time, like he was seen by uh, by his native homeland by by Russians as being uh, as being not very Russian because he wrote in a style that sort of uh, didn't incorporate a lot of uh, sort of the Russian folk songs and stuff that a lot of other composers were doing at the time. And he, he's actually uh, was the first internationally recognized and and kind of. Uh, superstar composer from Russia, and you know that's probably got a little something to do with it. Was that he started to incorporate more more Western elements, so you know compositional techniques and stuff from uh, you know. But he was getting cancelled. He well, he was not uh, by some uh, some of his uh, you know the people around him at the time they weren't fans, yeah, because they didn't like. His cultural appropriation. That's right. They didn't like that he, you know, this happens a lot, you know. We mm. see this a lot. Mm. And it happens nice... in everywhere. Like I was um, watching the new Warhol doco on Netflix and the same thing happened to him. Really? Yeah, similar. Mm. So mm. it happens in every kind of different work, art, artwork. In, in other words, the same losers rear their head, the same scolds, Mm. Yeah. What, what I, again? I could just talk all night about these assholes, but I won't. So I, I think right. they're, they're in every they're in every art form. These people. Yeah. Until just, you die, and then you're sweet. Yeah. They're just curmudgeons, you know. <laughs> like like uh, you know, it, they're always the people who. You know, it's like the people on the Guardian who um who write all the the, the comedian reviews. Oh God. You know. Hate and you just go. Hate. <laughs> and you just go. Do, do you like? Eddie Murphy's delirious, and they go, "Oh well, it's it's a bit homophobic, isn't it?" And you go, "No, that's not what I asked." Yeah. So, do you think it's funny? Mm. You know, and they're just like, "Well, psh, no." <laughs> and you go, "Well, you shouldn't be writing uh, anything <laughs> about comedy, then." So, leave it there. All right. Well, I need to pick me up, so uh, let's just knock this off quick, AJ. Let's go straight to it. Okay. There's not a lot. There's not a lot going on in this keeper or creeper tonight. So, Are you not going to mention the guard that ra- raped Nina? Actually, that guard was quite <laughs> brilliant. So, so, so the the soldier or whatever he is, the mm. one who, uh, yeah, he does uh, sexually assault Nina. When he's on his way up yes. to see her, see him push the old lady over? <laughs> Get out of my way. 
Nina doesn't see it. She looks out the window and then she's so happy to see him. She goes to the door and the yeah. second she's out of frame, it's like it's by happenstance. He pushes the, the old thing yeah. out of the way. Yeah. He needed to get his rape on. That's right. Quick smart. He did. He did. So anyway, I'll just ask you a few questions. We got Richard Chamberlain as Tchaikovsky. It's really simple. Mm. Like I've just got a couple of couple of just in, inter- interrogative questions. So do you like music? I do like music. Okay. <laughs> well, well that's that's Wait. that's big. Then no, that's big. Now you want to be comfortable in life, you know, fancy clothes, good food. That's true. I do. Okay. Well, because that'll be that'll be taken care of. Okay. Now, do you mind if he hangs out with friends every now and then? If he's sucking a dick every now and then, sure. Well, just, you know, <laughs> I'm just asking, what if you had one really, really good friend <laughs> that he hung out with? Okay, all right. Well, do, do you think a man should necessarily have, I don't know, well, he should not gag when he sees your lady parts? Or... <laughs> Frank sometimes does look at me like that. I don't okay. well... <laughs> So, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to, I don't kiss and tell. <laughs> I'm just here to, you know, I've asked you this. It seems like there's a lot going on here that, you, that you're that you into. Yeah. A successful man, very successful. Mm. Like I'm talking like on the way up, they're making statues about That's him. True. So he's, he's a big deal. I would, unfortunately, those statues will be te- torn down eventually by <laughs> you know, people who know better. Mm. But It's because he didn't want to fuck trans people probably. Yeah. They'll, they'll rip that down. Yeah. Definitely. What a prick. So... Uh, keeper or creeper? Uh, no. Like you've okay. you've listed a long list of good things, but yeah. but looking at him, nah. No, it's the look yeah. that, that didn't. Do you, do you, what do you think of his face, Richard Chamberlain? Yeah, not for me. No, he's sort of got like. <laughs> do you think he's, he's sort of angular? Yes. Mm. Yes, angular. Sinewy. Mm. A popular guy. People like him. He's from the Thornbirds, famous movie. Mm. And some other stuff. So anyway, that's Richard Chamberlain. That's Tchaikovsky. He's a creeper. Yeah, so creeper. not not that not, not fun. And he <laughs> wants to like marry his sister. Yeah. Oh out. well, you know, we, it's unsubstantiated. I'm not like the New York Times. I don't like just you know join the dots like that. <laughs> I leave I leave it up to the audience <laughs> and say, well, you know, longing looks. What are they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's some incredible talent in this movie. So we talked about Ken Russell already uh, a little bit, but I want to talk about Glenda Jackson. Mm. So I love Glenda Jackson. She is uh, one of my favourite actresses of all time. So um, I would say Jane Jane Fonda, Glenda Jackson, like, you know, there's a handful of others, but peerless uh Actors, Naomi Watts would be on the list somewhere there, uh, pretty pretty high up. But these are proper actresses. This is the real deal. So every time someone talks to me about Kate Blanchett or or one of these just fucking nobodies, I'm like, these these uh, uh, 
mannequins have nothing on real actresses like Glenda Jackson, and and she was working at an at, in a t- in the best time for to be an artist in on the screen and and the stage the best time. Well, you know, um, arguably in the seventies, just just like oh, incredible. So she's got a triple crown, the triple crown of acting. It's a term used uh, in, in American entertainment. Basically, she won an Academy Award, an Emmy Award, a Tony Award. Uh, all in the uh, the acting categories. So she's been recognised on film, television and theatre. Um, her commitment is just body and soul. Mm. And you see it in this You see it in this movie. This movie would be the prototypical movie. You'd say, okay, we'll have a look. There it is. Cutting her hair at the end. I mean, you know, you wouldn't be able to get some of the, you wouldn't be able to get Jennifer Lawrence to cut her hair. Mm. No way. Uh, uh, she shows her boobs and bush. Mm. Uh, she looks gross. Like she's eating slops and yeah. just like gyrating and sweating and 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 i just know that ken russell would have tormented her as well i just know he would have been all over her like a rash like just like um yelling and screaming and whatever and to get her whipped up like and she obviously is the type of actress who 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 enjoys that uh that type of stimulus oh she sold it like she looked crazy yeah, that's right. So, so she plays crazy really well, but she mm. can she play not crazy as well. So there's yeah, another definitely. there's another film that we're gonna we'll, we'll watch eventually called from 1967 called Marat Saad. It's a play and it's set in a madhouse and it's about the Marquis de Sade, and uh, well about him, but it's about and it's so famous play and she's in it again. It's just madness running around with no clothes on and the rest of it. So she won her first Academy Award for in 1969 for Ken Russell's Women in Love, which is a D.H. Lawrence uh, adaptation, um, which, which probably do that. Uh, and then Music Lovers, uh, she was in Bloody Sunday, 1971. Touch of Class is the one my mum used to talk about all the time. So this is a, mm, I, it's sort of been forgotten by time a little bit, this 1973 movie, uh, Touch of Class. Charming, just a romantic comedy slash drama from 1973. She won an Academy, her second Academy Award for that. So she's won two Academy Awards and that was her second. And she plays opposite George Siegel in that movie. And it seemed to capture people from, but boomers seem to quite, the ones who saw it seem to remember it quite fondly. But yeah, it's totally lost now. No one talks about it and whatever. I've seen it. It's, it's nice. And she also did uh, uh, an adaptation of, the, of a, an incredible play, which I've always wanted to stage called The Maids. Which is just another deranged Jean Genet play, but her theatre work, just Shakespeare and all the best, like just incredible works of theatre. Um, now, from 1992 to 2015, she was elected uh, as the Labor Party MP for Hampstead and Highgate. She turned to politics. Oh wow! In the and in the uh, the 1992 uh, general election, um, so uh, she you know had a complete. You know, I mean, she'd done everything you could do, really. Like in in acting, I mean, she'd she'd won two Academy Awards in less than five years, uh, uh, and was just in the the best stuff you could do. And I guess you know, and then she had the eighties, did a whole bunch of stuff, but it was all over real quick for her, really. <laughs> like all the best <laughs> stuff you could do. So she uh, she was really against Margaret Thatcher, hated her with a passion, hated everything she was about. She also worked for um, Blair. She became the like the transport minister for like two two terms maybe or a couple two years maybe two years so anyway she turned to to turn to politics returned to to uh acting in 2015 and she's now still kicking at 85 i think and um yeah just a total treasure incredible mm. um yeah I, I i i want everyone to love glenda jackson and to 
get people to remind again remind people that this is a proper actress um she believed in um she didn't need a uh like a fucking intimacy coach or mm. any or or a you know any of the crap do, do actors have now oh that's yeah they've got this now this they, you know this sort of woke bureaucracy where you can't get um you know you can't just get actors to to work it out they're professionals but you can't get them to work it out because of the me too stuff right so you know you've got to have these creepy um robin d'angelo grifters come in and get a paycheck and and do a directing for you and i just i just don't understand that so like, so you know, what are they like a middleman between the director and the actor and yeah and they know and they know fake they speak fake language like they know you know they've got totally bunk um qualifications because it's not a real thing mm. like what they're doing is not a real thing like if you're a director i know what you do you interpret a script and you bring it to life performance and, you know, for, for, for the, uh, the screen. You create the images and there's actually a list of things I could get you to do. If you're an actor, it's the same deal. I could actually write down tangible things you have to do. The, an intimacy coach, that's not a real thing. You don't exist. It's a bullshit job. It's fake. It's, you are a, a, a grifter and you're just being used as a way to stop a conversation or to, or to look like the producers are doing something. Whereas, um, and it's really offensive to actor actors and it's offensive to women as well. Uh, women have choice. Women have power. At least they do in, in uh, Western liberal democracies. Mm. So, you know, um, I don't know. I'm, don't I'm use- fascinated though. Like, so if you as a director said something to this intimacy coach that they deem to be beyond the pale, then mm-hmm. Then what would happen? They they'd have to say sorry. That's unacceptable. That goes against sure. something, some code, some. It's all on the cards. I mean, who knows what? Again, it's like the CCP. You don't know what fucking power they've got. Like like they're mm. they're in a they. If you've got a made up position, like it, th- that's the beauty of well, the genius of those diversity and equity departments everywhere, is because they are amorphous and you know you, you, you they can literally make up what they're going to do. So again, hierarchically, it's it's totally anti-creativity. It's anti-art. And if we had any balls, we'd run them out of the industry, and we'd laugh at people who suggested we need them. And I mm. just say, you should be able to say to the actress, I mean, for, look, I would we shouldn't even get that far. You need to hire people who wouldn't put yeah. up with it. Hire people who don't who won't put up with it, and work with people who who wouldn't put up with it because, uh, and create um, exclusionary um, workplaces in that regard. So, but the most inclusive, what you mm. want excellence, yeah, excellence in creating things, and I, I exclude grifters and losers and liars and the rest of it, and say, yeah, I don't don't need you, Glenn. Don't worry, uh, intimacy, intimacy coach. You don't have to tell Glenda Jackson what to do. She's got two Academy Awards, and um, I think she knows what she's doing. And she signed up to get her bush out. She did, and we <laughs> watched it. it. We looked, we saw it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Everyone, we all won. Okay. Well, speaking of Bush, I was a little bit confused by Nina's mother. Like, so she was pimping her out by convincing her all the suitors were other composers to make Tchaikovsky jealous. So is that right? Or or were they actual composers? Or was she just convincing them they were composers? Because the first guy that her mother brings home was Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov, who is a famous composer and orchestrator. He wrote the manual on classical orchestration called Principles of Orchestration. So was was that actually him or? He looked confused when it was yes, happening. right. But it could be. I mean, what's and the. And she took what, cash, right? 
she yeah. did take cash. But so what's the shortest uh you know, what apply Occam's razor, you know, mm. there's no conspiracy. What mm. like it would mm, like it, if I was thinking about it, it might as well be him. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. like there's no why, although it's clever to have her pretending it pretending to be him, mm, it, it's already a bit confusing mm. if you don't know the players. So I don't know. Mm. In the reviews, they refer to her as a nympho. Yeah. That comes do. up a lot. Yeah. Do you think she was a nympho? No. She she was at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I yeah, I thought that maybe she was a whore. <laughs> right. Right. Mm. So she's like, um you mean a promiscuous woman? <laughs> yes. Okay. I've well. had that hundreds of men. <laughs> well, look, she might. Yeah, I just thought she was. Um, yeah, she got just around down to pound. Yeah. <laughs> well, that will come up later. But um, but 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 the um the the, the nympho thing was actually from the pitch. So that's that yeah. started from the pitch. Right. That might have okay. been the trivia, Ricky. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, eventually, uh, well, you know, uh, Russell was trying to convince United Artists to finance it, and he said that. Uh, the thing that got it over the line was that he, he, well, this is a quote from him. If I hadn't told United Artists that it was a story about a homosexual who fell in love with a nymphomaniac, it might never have been financed. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's how we pitched it to people. But uh, yeah, I'm not sold that she's a nympho. But it's a word that has, that's lost uh, all purchase. Like it's not, mm. it's not a word used. You don't hear it mm. ever. Yeah, it, I mean, it might have been the name of Lars von Trier's movie, but it's not a word that you even hear yeah. anymore. Yeah. Mm. Like if you if you called someone a nymphomaniac today, that that would just be a form of slut shaming, right? Probably. Yeah. 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 We'll get to that. Don't just don't. Oh, <laughs> just hold, hold your hold your roll. All right? <laughs> just in general, you know, it's been a. I guess because the movie's so. This is a good movie. Yeah, it and is. So. It just got me thinking about a, a a point that keeps coming up, you know, all the all the big the big stuff, is this infantilization of art. So when you're watching this from 1971, didn't you? Th- like, this was a time when it clearly was frowned upon to be a 30 or 40 year old child. Do you know what I mean? Like this, mm. you can just tell watching the movie, like in in some basic reading of the context and just a little bit of understanding of the world back then. You ask your parents or their or your grandparents or whatever. Uh, it's clear that that something's changed, and that like the way we got me thinking about the way we're encouraged. And maybe doing a bit of reading with um, we interviewed Frank Ferrady recently on the New Flesh, and uh, he talked about. He's talked about in his work about the prolonging of adolescence and the way we're sort of encouraged to prolong adolescence now. Um, you know, we don't move out till late unless you're one of these people. It's, you know, whenever you say that, someone's always like, I moved out when I was 17. And you go, yeah, well, you are the minority, okay? Everyone, every other motherfucker's living at home. And you moved out for a reason. Like yeah. I moved out at 18 for a reason. Great. There you okay. go. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's a good counterpoint. So, mm. but, and so I've got a question for you in a second, AJ, just a small thing. But so we play video games. We're watching comic book movies uh, that I literally read when I was a kid. And I've said this since episode one, like, I want back then I would have dreamed about Thor 4 coming out and now that it's happening it's a fucking nightmare. It's like I'm staring into this existential terrifying void of uh, uh, you know that I can't quite explain. So we don't read anymore. So 1971 
people, you read so much, people read so much back then that you could release a promo poster that I saw today for The Godfather. It said, The Godfather is now a film. It was all black. It was beautiful. I was going to buy it like it's an original. And so what they're saying with that promo is, hey, you know how you're a reader and you've read The Godfather and you've actually read a book? Yeah. Now it's going to be a movie as well. So now imagine a promo for a, for a thing that this Hunger, The Hunger Games is now a movie. They, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, even though a lot of people read that. But still, uh, that's, uh, the question I have is, I mean, we don't, we don't watch The Godfather. We don't uh, all the deer hunter. So people who tell you, oh, but they made a lot of shit back then. That's true. Uh, but it, just look at the top 10 or the top 50 or whatever. Um, the, the the good films far outweigh and the masterpieces far outweigh the, and the adult films far outweigh the shit. So Towering Inferno was, is the sort of film like a, like a disaster movie. That's what they think of. Oh, they made shit back then. The Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno. And you go, yeah, 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 they did. But, mm, you know, Godfather and, you know, Nashville and MASH and, you know, Bonnie and Clyde and, you know everything else that's amazing, uh, all the presidents, man, whatever it was, whatever it is, the deer hunter, uh, these were were mega smashes. This is what people won Academy Awards for, you know. So, uh, what's just a quick question, AJ? What what's the female version of being, um, you know, uh, uh, trapped in adolescence, or is there one, or are males worse? Um, that's really interesting. I hadn't really thought about it, but no, definitely, I think that there's, um nostalgia just in music and well there's the whole cos cosplay thing a lot of chicks mm. get into that don't but they? Uh, but the adulting kind of stuff that you, we've mm. brushed on yeah it's it's being young and the makeup and how we were ugly went through our ugly phase where girls these days aren't yeah so it's mm. it's kind of just look more looking back maybe mm. well jordan peterson talks about this he, he does say that that girls, they, they need to grow up faster because of mm. the biological clock, you know. They, yeah. they don't have that advantage that guys have, you know. Well, it just dawns on me whenever we watch these things that 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 something has – there's a shift and I don't understand it and I don't think people talk about it. And, you know, I sound like a broken record, but, but – you know what the fuck? Like, like, why doesn't? Why don't people want to watch adult movies? Why, why, why doesn't everyone want to watch them? Like, the music lovers. Like, the way it makes me feel that it's ambiguous and and weird and and it's got shades of grey and it's confusing and and there's also a a um a very adult uh, view of of you know sort of morals. Do you know what I mean? Like we talked about it earlier with incest is best. We said that you know yeah it's not good. Like it just isn't. Ricky, <laughs> confused. Ricky says, yeah. It's not good. All right. But AJ was having, was having you on. It's not good. All right. so write that down in your little book or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so it's not good. But the point is, in 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 this movie, it's wonderful. Like mm. like it's 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 confusing and strange and and upsetting and and weird passions. Do you know what I mean? Again, what did we call one of our early episodes? It's not a manual for your life. Yeah. So, so when you're an adult, uh, you know, you have to live in a world where you have to hold very, you know, uncomfortable things in your mind. And I've said this before, you have to, you, you can still enjoy Obama as, as, a, as a statesman and, and a symbol and, and, and some of the great stuff he did, but you have to accept the drone strikes. You have to accept the, uh, you know, his hot, his, 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 you know um sky high immigration deportation record and stuff so an adult would just go oh well you know i i I have to hold both of those things in my brain you know whereas now we can literally only 
it's been flattened. Now we can only watch Thor movies. And the only difference is, oh, now Natalie Portman's Thor in the movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Don't tell me. Don't don't say I don't bring you all the good news news updates. (laughs) So so the only difference there is it's. But don't worry, you still got Chris Hemsworth who is like fucking forty five or something, and he's like you know still playing Thor. Jesus Christ! Like when you look at um, Glenda Jackson's. Uh, actually, she's the ultimate adult. Like, like doing doing Marat Saad and Shakespeare, and you know, uh, you know, all these the DH Lawrence movies and stuff, and then uh, then saying, "Oh, well, you know, I want to make a difference. I'm going to be a politician." Like so that's mm. the ultimate, th- you know, transition, right? Like, like yeah, I'm not adulting. Rec- Hashtag yeah, adulting. It is adulting, though. <laughs> and whereas now, it's just I just I don't know how to solve this problem. I think I need to have more guests on on the new flesh to talk about it or something because it's like um, it's just doing my fucking head in. Like I don't understand why um, th- these types of movies aren't just like it's so obvious to me. Like I should if I show this to someone, I know it's well fucking boring or like or yeah, they would just mm. like fucking who cares? What's this? Like like or just. You know, uh, mm. I don't even know what they're watching. What are they watching? YouTube, TikTok, maybe, maybe. But 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 if, but and so all that's left is um yeah. Anyway, so it's a it's a very frustrating situation. The the point was I don't know. I'm constantly surprised by yeah the way we've been encouraged to be children and that no one um you know AJ we went to see Jordan Jordan Peterson. Mm. Didn't we? And keep it on the lowdown. It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. I was in tears. I was in, I was a mess for oh, a long time. I booked my my tickets. He's coming this year. Oh really? Yeah, booked already. Me and Katie, we're going. We're gonna nice. pop the, pop the baby uh, in a it. in a with a babysitter and pop off to see JP. It so was, it was incredible. Yeah, no, it was amazing. And and it was the first, well, he's one of the you know part of a, a few people who are trying. And Frank Frey is doing the same thing, trying to, to to get us to wake up, you know, and say, and, you know, part of the way you can wake up is by, yeah, what, like, like opening your mind a little crack and watching great, great stuff, like but the fucking music lovers. You'd have to listen to him to get that message. Well, you would. Mm. And that's not really for me. Like, that's not really for people. <laughs> no. Fascist, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Correct. It was a, this was all a test, by the way, AJ. <laughs> right. I just... heard a sound bite of him and he definitely, I can call him a fascist. On, on Instagram, uh, like, yeah. edited the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's amazing the blowback that that man's got, really. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the, the way he's been painted is just so dishonest. Yeah, but you the know? way that, but the but the, the the real problem is our inability to talk to each other, is mm. because we th- we're all saying this, and the and the people who don't like him would listen to us and now brand us, yes, yeah, Nazis. They'd oh, say they'd be shaking, oh. they, yeah. shaking <laughs> with anger, literally shaking, as they say, you know. Uh. Whereas you should be able just to take a few good ideas and say, yeah, maybe I should clean my fucking room. Yeah, <laughs> actually. I was out at dinner last night and someone brought him up and Ooh. I... How'd you go? Oh, I was completely surprised because um, I thought that he'd have a very different opinion of him and I was like, I said, oh, yeah, I saw him last time he was here. Um, and, yeah, it was 
I was surprised that he was more on our page than <laughs> oh, that that's good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I like this. See, all these people that are hiding out there, you know, too afraid to to say that. Oh, yeah. And I've... he works in the government, and yeah, yeah he's. Mm. Mm. Well, so do, do you remember Astro? We 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 almost went to see Milo Yiannopoulos. Do you remember that? Oh, my friend went and saw him. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah. Just to kind of see what was going to happen. Yeah. Well, let's be clear, like that's one of those things like, you know, I, I would happily go and see Milo. Um, I happen to have a lot of problems with Milo. Yeah, so do but, I. But I come from an era when you would go and see a loose unit like him mm. talk about stuff and that are pissing, that's pissing everyone off and mm. make up your own mind later. And, and uh, whereas now it's just so like, you know, I mean, you know, it, 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 it it just becomes so black and white, and and I think and and you know to bring it back to the film, like a film a film a, a filmmaker like Ken Russell, who we've been talking about uh, now, I think his films are just a a an artistic uh, distillation of 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 you know uh, of that of a world that I think we need to fight for again somehow, uh, fight for common sense and good art, like you know oh, man, it's all the all the big stuff tonight. Like it just got me thinking about uh, recently. I, I want to ask some of our guests on the New Flesh this. Like, how come no one talks about how? Yeah, how this is the worst. We make such terrible art now. Like it's the yeah. worst yeah. time. Mm. Like just comedy's not funny. Uh, those, you know, movies are the worst. Television shows are all from one company. Yeah. <laughs> like literally all one company. You I know? can't remember the last time I went to the movies. And I we know. Yeah. Talk, we were on a movie podcast. I know, mm. yeah, <laughs> but that—that's the thing, and we're trying to, you know, just get people, get people. I can't, you know, you've got to be part of the counterculture. Uh, yeah. Maybe you're just one of these, one of these curmudgeons, you know. Maybe in seventy years' time, they're going to be talking about Amy Schumer and how awesome she is, and no. you just weren't on board. I, I actually went to see her. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, AJ. Yeah, four rows from the front. Wow. Did was she funny? All right, well, we'll leave it there then. <laughs> you know, who am I? Oh, that's the thing. I'm not here to stop other people going to see yeah. that, that Dumbo. I just don't want to go see her. <laughs> anyway, give me some trivia. Give me something trivial. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, I don't have a lot of trivia that's today, okay. but um, it was originally released in the UK as a reserved seat roadshow presentation complete with overture and intermission. Love it. Love all that. That, wow. that would have been great. In fact, I think they did that shit at the Astor when I saw yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that stuff there. Yeah. So some of the uh, interior scenes uh, of the Madam's Palace would later be used in Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon. So it's not surprising, really. Um, the uh, extras that were miming in the orchestra in the scene where Tchaikovsky plays the first piano concerto, uh, they were mostly from Bristol University Music Department Orchestra, and they were paid seven guineas a day. Which uh, is apparently seven pounds seven shillings. Um, so there you go. That is trivial. <laughs> that is trivial. <laughs> I told you, I'm, uh, there's not much today. Um, yes. So uh, Jackson said the filmmakers. I think that's uh, that must be uh, yeah, Glenda Jackson. Set to refresh my memory of what her name was. I bigged her up for about ten minutes. I know. I know. Uh, she said the filmmakers tried to research in, uh, insane asylums in Russia at the time by asking the Russian embassy, but uh, they told us 
Uh, they were all wonderful. So we ended up literally making the film out of the imagination of Ken Russell. Nice. Fucking, she said it. She used the word that we don't use anymore, imagination. Mm. What happened? Yeah. What happened to imagination? Mm. We Instead, we have... We have sidelined imagination in favor of what? Anecdotal experience from one person about their particular life. When really, when back then, that's the difference, just to put a bow on it, is back then with some of these movies, it, we, we said, we, we love your imagination and we are, we're okay with you. Create, you can create we're not, uh, your version of a, of, a, of a madhouse and we're not going to um, uh, think that's some kind of hate crime. Yeah. <laughs> You know, against <laughs> mentalists. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Mm. You're a mentalist. <laughs> well, well, yeah. All right. I'll hit you with uh, these terrible reviews, okay? Um, okay? I'll whip through a few of them. Vincent Camby of the failing New York Times stated, uh, Mr. Russell has told us a lot less about Tchaikovsky and his music than he has about himself as a filmmaker. His specu speculations are not as offensive as his frontal, often absurd attacks on the emotions. Richard Chamberlain is fine as Tchaikovsky, looking a bit like a haunted fawn. Uh, and Glenda Jackson is all sinewy nerves as Nina, but they are hard put to match the nonstop hysteria of the production that surrounds them. So he's a BBW man. He's <laughs> yeah. got it in for yeah, a, that's right. a thin woman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times mm -hmm. called it an involved and, ga and garish private fantasy and totally irresponsible as a film about or inspired by or parallel to or bearing a vague res resemblance to Tchaikovsky, His Life and Times. Who cares? Time said, <laughs> <laughs> Time said it's, unsta it's an unstable amalgam of life and art attempting to reveal psychology through music. Russell makes every character grotesque, every bar of music programmatic. Right. Um, <laughs> so let me skip ahead to uh, – I'll do two more for you. TV Guide calls it a spurious biography of a great composer that is so filled with wretched excess that one hardly knows where to begin. Uh, Time Out New York calls it vulgar, excessive, melodramatic, and self-indulgent. Uh, I oh, love he, all those things. I've got, got, yeah. got one more here. <laughs> one more here. Pauline Kale um, writes, uh, this was later in an interview, you really feel you should drive a stake through the heart of the man who made it. I mean, it's so vile. It's so horrible. What? Famous. Famous. <laughs> That's famous lines from Pauline Kale. She was a... A bitter and twisted woman. But those reviews, if you read those reviews at the time, wouldn't you want to see it? I would yes. see it the next day. Yeah. yeah. The next day. I'd go, wow. But that's what we used to make movies like that. Like that mm. was even 20 years ago. Even 20 years ago, that you would say, they'd say, oh, Fight Club, it's it's vile, it's disturbing, it's disgusting. And you'd say, great. Train spotting, great. I'll see it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, great. It sounds, you know, oh, it's just searing and awful. I, I, I can't, I couldn't look away. And you go, great, I'll, I'll check it out. Mm. Yeah. You know? So it was now what? Fucking Captain Marvel? Mm. <laughs> a movie that really stays <laughs> with you. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I mean, you know, that Requiem. changes you. <laughs> Captain Marvel, <laughs> definitely. I've got those scenes burned into my brain. But not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, me too. What are the okay, charges? Right. Okay, well, it's it's only a couple, really. So it's not it's it's not uh, it's not too bad tonight. So 
All right. Well, here's the title. Headline. We'll have a gay old time. (laughs) (laughs) So this is ostensibly the story of Tchaikovsky, which this Ken Russell, whomever that is, has portrayed as a a gay man. This is unlikely uh, because I posit that Tchaikovsky was, in fact, an unaffirmed trans woman and uh, that this is the real tragedy, that this beautiful trans woman's music went un- underappreciated under this dead name of Peter Tchaikovsky. Uh, as you know, we need to decolonize the arts, which means getting rid of cis white pigs like Peter Tchaikovsky and celebrating the work of what could have been Petra Tchaikovsky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep that straight in your head. (laughs) So Ken Russell's pitch was that Nina was a nymphomaniac. Uh, Well, this is proof that this movie was made by a barbarian. This is kink shaming, as we know. Women should be free to explore the sexual landscape in whatever way they wish. Why, I know many women who are free with their affections, a different man every night, and they're perfectly happy with the arrangement. There's no deep sadness or existential horror that creeps in as another lover leaves you weeping silently in the wet patch. (laughs) (laughs) sure every now and then uh as another faceless loser pounds away mindlessly at you you might think (laughs) you might think we are all truly alone in this world but don't dwell i say wednesday night (laughs) don't dwell swipe away and make your dreams come true ladies okay next up i'd like to first acknowledge uh well I should have acknowledged it first, but I'm doing it now. Uh, the erasure of people of color in this movie. We might have already talked about this, but I know it's set in 19th century Russia, but this is proof that we need diversity quotas. It might have been a cutting edge story about a homosexual composer in a time when civil, right, civil rights issues were serious and being gay could get you killed, but it's really quite unacceptable. I mean, as our woke overlords have rightly pointed out, everything that happened before 2022 uh, was terrible and nobody was trying to do anything good. And we're the only ones who now, uh, who really care about things. Lincoln, Gandhi, MLK, what did they know? Nothing, I say. So, next up, there are, there are two things that are completely unacceptable in this world. No, not murder and war. Titties and bush. Okay? The female form is not to be displayed for any reason when a man is behind the camera. There is no artistic reason to merely use women for your pleasure. Ricky. Did you get the ghost of a chubby during this movie? <laughs> I I didn't actually. I, I found most of the nude scenes quite grotesque. Apparent. <laughs> right. Well, that's a correct answer because if you had, uh, it would have been confirmation that uh, men use these kinds of images as a kind of rape practice uh, for the real thing. So that's good. You passed the test. Uh, you are a non-rapist. Congratulations. <laughs> Next up. <laughs> Yet again, we have a woman being used by a man, this Ken Russell, this barbarian. Who knows what he did to trick Glenda Jackson into going to this misogynistic trash? He got all the glory and what did she get? Apart from an Academy Award and lifelong critical acclaim. What did he ever really do for her that she couldn't have done all for herself? She could have just leaned in and as Sheryl Sandberg would have and, I don't know, done it all herself. So anyway, that's the Me Too meter tonight. Uh, Some esoteric stuff there for you to ponder. What do we give this out of 10, the music lovers? It's pretty low. You, you didn't mention the uh, heterosexual panic. Right. But, but I think that's probably a positive 
Is it nowadays? Long? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, so that uh, takes a few points off the Me Too meter because right. heterosexual relationships are disgusting. They're disgusting, and so, heterosexual sex is disgusting. It's the most disgusting. Yeah. So that. So really, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm. I'm giving it two. Okay, AJ, what are you? Are you dissenting, AJ? Two. Yeah, this is a tough one. I'd right, go with your heart. Don't feel bullied. They they do oh, pimp. The, the mother does pimp her out, though. It's true. But that's uh, it's but only that's okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not that's, okay. that's eighteen hundred yeah. only. Yeah, that's getting yeah. that's mm. getting your getting yours. And girl. she got hers. She got hers. She got not hers. in a great way. No, no, not in a way I'd want. But no. um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go with two two. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I think it's pretty low. I might as well keep it going. I think it's about uh, yeah, about a two, uh, because as we find with these, um, you know, proper art films, these proper movies, uh, I don't know. I mean, weirdly, the the Guardian, well, at least has a, you know, Ken Russell seems to have gotten under their skin in in a good way. Like he seems to be some a, a guy that they write about on the Guardian. If you go if you go there and search, I mean, even he died a few years ago now, but well, then again, the world was a little bit different 10, 12 years ago. Mm. Like, you know, it wasn't, hadn't gone mm. completely off the cliff, but there, there's a whole bunch of articles on there. So maybe they've drummed all those people out, uh, you know, that liked Ken Russell. Cause yeah, I don't think you could, you could go in and say, I, I checked out the music lovers last night to your non binary, um, blue haired, like assistant or something. Like they, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. So maybe you could. They would be okay until they found out. And then they'd say, um, you know, I don't know. That's here's a box for your stuff. Like, just put it in and yeah. get the fuck out. Like, that's, <laughs> it's over. It's over. Well, that's the music lovers. Uh, we roll on. Now, options are altered states, um, which you guys need to see. Uh, and William Hurt did just die recently, so you know that seems like something we should do. And but the last one we do is definitely going to be the Devils. Yeah, I want to see the Devils. Yeah, well, the Devils. You know, so if we're doing two, we've got to do Altered States and the Devil. Right. Okay. Okay. Easy. Okay. Let's lock it in. Oh, next week, Altered States. Um, everyone do your homework. All right. Well, we said what we said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Just> checking. <laughs> Until sure. next time. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. doesn't have like one of those graphs and then on one axis it says titties what we shown a guy and then on the bottom it says bonus what he had yeah, yeah. <laughs>